Bulls to make it 28 to 3. Arthur Blank loving it. Up by 25. Tossed away. All right, welcome back to another episode of the 28 to 3 podcast. We're coming off of a significant week one preseason victory, Saints over the Chiefs, game-winning field goal in epic fashion by a guy who may or may not have been allowed to be in the building, Mr. Groupie, but uh, saw a lot of good things, a lot of important things to talk about. I think there's some growth from some players, uh, maybe we wanted to see more out of others. Uh, Nick, you watched the game, what were your thoughts on, on what you saw on Sunday? Well, I guess uh, we can start with what you're hoping to see when you go into these. And since we're playing the starters, I think every Saints fan's watching number one, Derek Carr, and what that looks like. I don't think you could have hoped for anything better out of him. Um, the other thing I wanted to see is, you know, we've had big debates about how the offense looked last year and creativity and differing opinions on that. And I wanted to see how Kamara was used. And I felt he looked like the old Sean Payton role in that offense. We got him into the passing game, you know, the the 17 yard catch down near the goal line. We, I think we scored the next play um, with the touchdown pass. Yep. That's what I wanted to see because that's where he's dynamic. You know, last year with, you know, our limited weapons, he was reduced to, you know, a grinded out running back running between the tackles way more than any of us wanted to see in a role just, you know, trying to play a ball control offense and he just didn't look like himself. And yeah. I wanted to see them mix that up and the play call and change. And, you know, with Jamal taking a bunch of carries, he was able to do that, get out in into space, and he's a completely different player out there than yep. the role he had last year. So I was pretty pumped about those two things because those were my, you know, two biggest things. Obviously, A.T. Perry looked great. You know, there were other spots. The defense only faced Mahomes one drive. We got the stop. Special team stopped him on the fake punt or the Blake Bell um, up the middle. Right. I, so for me, I'm not a big preseason guy, as you all know. I'm looking at those series where the actual players that we're going to see once the season starts are in there. Um, even Jameis, um, after the second, you know, on the second series coming in, you know, some yeah. pretty good, pretty good plays. He looks sharp. Yep. I, so for me, I was really happy i could care less whether we won or lost <laughs> after that that's what i was looking to see and we, and i think we saw it and it looked good mike thomas got a catch you know we checked almost every box i was looking to see yeah i, I think uh for me i looked to the first drive i think that stands out the most i think that's what everybody wanted to see the most and you know you talked about wanting to see what carmichael was going to do in general but also wanting to see is ak going to look like that same not quite himself ak or is are all the training camp versions of him we're seeing with the quick twitch and the shifty moves coming back is are we going to see that translate into the game i thought it was telling from play one of the entire game the play didn't work out because Olave dropped the ball but i was just thrilled to see some creativity right out the gate because you know you've got Olave coming in motion and uh, snapping it while he's in motion coming under the offensive line and then Carr tries to get it out to him in the flat i mean if if that play works as designed, you're talking about a 10-yard pickup right at the shoot in a pretty unconventional manner. And, you know, it's like you and I argued about 
several episodes ago, Nick. It's just like, I didn't see that last year. I, I know you and I differ on that, but that's the shit I didn't see last year. And I think we saw a good mix of some creative plays on the first drive, but then also some of your just standard, like, all right, drop back, get some good protection. There's Juwan in the seam. Let's hit him. I was getting ready to say that play specifically, the third, I think it was third and eight to Juwan, and you see Carr go to the tight end, and you yep. see the matchup problems start to take shape. Where, Yeah, I think Carr showed what a lot of people, uh, you know, the, the real the real uh, QB experts, you know, the Grudens of the world, Ron Jaworski, yeah, they would say, Peyton Manning is actually one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the entire league. And, and it sounds funny, but actually when you look at what they're talking about, it's their ability to move within the pocket. And, and do it instinctively and do it quickly and decisively. And there was a couple, you know, he only had eight attempts, but there was a couple times where Carr, you know, did a quick step up, quick step to the side, move the ball with him. And it reminded you of this stuff, again, reminded you, he's not there yet, but it reminded you of the kind of things that Breeze would do when he had good protection. He knew where his protection well, the was. the ball was out. I mean, the well, ball and, was coming and out. And if it didn't come out, he knew where he could go because he knew where his O-line was going to be. And Carr did that. And it was just great to see it. I mean, it's one drive, you know, who the hell knows what could happen in the year, but it for one drive, the one drive he had, it looked awesome. I mean, so, I, Max, you wanted to talk about Derek Carr, like, I think in our second episode. Yeah, uh, Derek Carr was extremely impressive, you know, and it highlights the importance of having a competent QB and what it does for the rest of your team. You know, we've seen the last two years where it's just been a wasteland at quarterback. And uh, watching Carr, you know, from game one, just have a command of the offense, it was impressive. And then seeing everybody else, you know, Camaro was actually used the way Camaro is supposed to be used. You know, we saw him in the screen game. We saw him getting, uh, you know, running routes, which I swear he hasn't. It, it feels like he hasn't caught five passes in the last two years. I know that's not accurate, but that's how it feels. Um, yeah. Seeing that, though, was very encouraging. You know, Carmichael, it seems, is, is, is back on his game as far as the play calling is concerned. Juwan Johnson this year, you know, I think I've been on record saying I don't think he's as good as people have been hyping him up to be, but he's, he's going to have a big year the way it's looking. You know, we have uh, a pretty solid tight end room at this point with Juwan Johnson, Foster Moreau, and now Jimmy Graham. You know, that's rock solid. That's three guys you can trot out in the red zone and uh, do some serious damage. Um, the offensive line, it was encouraging. You know, Trevor Penning, he played the game. He played more snaps than the rest of the starters. He came out unscathed. Big yeah. first step. After last year, where it seemed like he got hurt every time he got in the game. I know he had the one false start call against him. But other than that, man, he was mauling people. Yeah. You know, in the running game. When he gets his hands on you, he is going to put your ass in the dirt. So if we can get this version of uh, Trevor Penning the whole season, I think that's the real, that's the pivot point for this team. The offensive line. You know, we've gone on record talking about how their health is going to dictate how this offense does. And I think Cesar Ruiz, you know, he, he had some more good plays. He looks like he's ready to build off of last season. So maybe it's the case of, you know, the first two years were a wash, and he, he's turning the corner, and now he's headed towards being a, uh, a really good player in this league. And remember, he's still young. I think Cesar's only 23 yeah. or 24, yeah. which, you know, is really young in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but all in all, you know, the offense was, was fun to watch. A.T. Perry... My guy, been on him since the uh, draft. I don't know if I was on him as early as Corey was on Caden Ellis, but... I'm going to reserve uh, my 
judgment on that for you. Maybe for a later episode. I'll make you sweat. <laughs> but uh, we have to admit that A.T. Perry looked good. And they were featuring him. You know, he was one of the first ones off the bench after the first team went out. Once M.T. and Olave went out, it was pretty much A.T. Perry in, and it was the A.T. Perry show. Yep. They clearly wanted to see what they have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. do you think he fits in, you know, this season? A.T.? With, with, yeah, with, I mean... It, it's well, so crowded. It's it, tough, dude. For catching the ball. It, it's Traquan, by all accounts, is having a great camp, but he's hurt again. Yeah. I mean... You're I still think, talking the four and five spot, though, with those two, right? I, mean, I think Carmichael's proven... Should be. Let's see what uh, Shahid's injury If we've is, learned anything yeah. from Carmichael, he's not afraid to... Like, you, when he had Mike Thomas, Mike, like, no one's replacing him. No one's getting uh, catches from Mike Thomas or Olave last year, but... If we've seen anything over the years, uh, you know, we get these no-name receivers come in out of nowhere. So it shows that I think after one and two, I don't think Carmichael's necessarily concerned about what tier or string they fall under. He's thinking like, I've got this very specific game plan for this team, or I've got these very specific routes, and this route looks open against their personnel. And out of the three or four guys from, you know, not including our number one guy, I think this guy's the best to do that route. And that guy might be wide receiver five. And so I think like it's going to be situational based on what I've seen from Carmichael. Now, like a more traditional guy might be like string three, four, five. That's what you get. Go have fun. But I think Carmichael's more intuitive. Well, you know what? I'm going to circle back to what you said. And this is seven or eight episodes ago. I think it was the, uh, the great debate about Pete Carmichael that you and Nick had. Uh, you said it yourself, Carmichael and Sean Payton used to cycle people in at such a rate. It didn't matter who was the quote-unquote starter, whether you were the right. number one and the number two wide receiver and you were the official starter of the game. It didn't matter because numbers three, four, and five were going to get cycled in on the second, third, and fourth play, and they were going to play a big role. Yeah, so. and I think that's that's what the the real offensive genius in a Sean Payton offense or in a Pete, hopefully a P. Carmichael offense now is that, you know, I think people think about it X is, you know, literally X's and O's and what routes can we run against this defense to get open? And so the comp, you know, I'm saying we're not common fans, but I think people naturally just go to say, well, if you, it's a three wide receiver set, your top three receivers are your first string is Mike or Olave in Max's case and vice versa. And then your third is Shahid. Okay. So that's going to be your three guys. If there's only three receivers on the field, but the team you're playing against, there might be a defense where A.T. Perry matches up better against the guy that's going to be guarding him as the three, and then, and then maybe another team with like a slower, clunkier guy is a better matchup for us with Shahid as three. I th- we're going back because I agree with y'all in the Peyton. I know we didn't answer office. your question. I was going to circle back to it. We can. I want. I want to bring this up real Let's quick when we're answer. talking about Carmichael. <laughs> Pay- in Peyton's office, it's exactly right. We were always throwing to people. It usually worked out. When mm-hmm. it was Tommy Lee Lewis, it didn't. When it was, so what I'm saying is, I don't think Carmichael lost that last year. I think those guys that when we cycled through in our good years, caught the ball. Yeah. Meacham, Henderson, these secondary good players, don't get me wrong, they always caught it. It was bouncing off Taysom's face wide open in the seam. It was bouncing off his hands in the end zone. It was, you know, Callaway popping one up in Arizona straight to the defense for a pick six. You still have to have competent guys. That's true. And now this grouping looks beyond competent. It looks like it's an embarrassment of riches for us skill-wise. So go ahead and answer 
Yeah, it, it, well, actually, I'm just going to expand on what you just said. And um, I know Corey and I were, were firmly opposed to your take on Carmichael's performance last year. But I'll be honest with you, man. The more I think about it, I, I'm coming around to your, your, the idea you just put out there. And I know you've been saying it for a while now. But, uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the talent level does matter. Um, you and I have had this debate off radio, off camera, whatever you want to call it, for the last year and a half about Callaway. And I was adamant in that this guy was a number three at best or a number four or five. And yeah, talent does matter. So, you know, I'm at the point now, it's the new season. I'll give Pete the benefit of the doubt going forward, you know, because we just want this team to, to perform and win. So, yeah, look, I, I think I'm kind of changing my tune on it. You know, uh, talent does matter. We watched Sean Payton try to make chicken salad out of chicken shit at the skill position for so many years. And uh, I think Dennis Allen, thank God, has taken the opposite approach, and he is trying to flood this team and the quarterback with weapons. You can't say he didn't react to what happened last year where they felt they were handcuffed offensively. They went crazy. They did. And, they did. and said, right. they, we're not letting this happen again. We're going to have people that can make plays. We're not going to watch that again. Yeah. yeah. And, um, well, and, and to D, that's to DA's credit. And, you know, DA catches a lot of flack on uh, social media. You know, people people wanted him fired. And I, I've dropped a comment a few times that, you know, I don't think he's the, uh, he's the guy to take us to the Super Bowl. But at the same point, I respect the hell out of what he is doing uh, this offseason yeah. in particular by just bringing in – talent after talent at all of these positions like he he is coaching like a, a person who is coaching for their nfl career yeah it's like college recruiting style free agent science yeah. look he's not <laughs> he's not fucking around yeah he's doing what he's got to do which is how you should coach and it's yeah. it, I, you and i have gone to this about this tanking for players and all this stuff yeah, yeah i always say if you have any chance if you are a borderline playoff team you, you try to, to make the yeah. playoff eli manning won a super bowl nine and seven right yeah uh, was it nine seven ten? This, well, this has happened. That's a wild card team, right? As a wild card team, yeah. If you can get in there, you do it. So you yeah. you should always be pushing to win. And uh, you know, regardless of salary cap and the people who get all upset about that, doesn't matter. As long as you have a path to victory. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a path to victory. If you're rebuilding, I'm fine with it. We for sure have a quarterback now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. not saying he's a top five guy. We all none of us believe that here. I, it, he is good enough <laughs> to. He's not a top five Back, guy. Max is, no, no, no. I was about to say, well, he, he's going to put up production of a top a top 10 guy, absolutely. Yeah, he could. That's well, a good, but no one thinks he's Burrow or Mahomes or you know or, or that tier. Maybe but he doesn't good, need to be for smoke, us to be successful. That's some good smoke for the season preview episode, maybe. I, look, <laughs> I, don't think that's but, a, I don't think that's a hot take to say he's going to No, I think I said it on another episode. Production. He's going to be top 10 in yards and touchdowns. I, think. Yeah. No, I mean, like whether he's top five guy. Like, He's not a top five guy. Okay. Stat wise, could he put up a, a fifth in the NFL year? Sure, Absolutely. I think that's possible. Yeah. He's done it before, I think. Yeah. Uh, so you're is he a top five guy when you need to win the playoff game? Not even right so. No. Now could he, he progress to that point? Maybe. He could, but yeah, the evidence isn't there for that right now. So you're letting Nick off the hook on the Carmichael thing. I am. I am going to let him off the hook. You were the one that planted your flag, and we're going at it. Yeah. We got real passionate, uh, which we've done many times, but look, I think it got a little twisted in me saying Carmichael did a good job versus you can't judge Carmichael. All I was saying is you can't judge him with what he had that season. See, that's it right there. I'm going to agree with what he said, 
because I don't agree with what he was saying in the moment when uh, Carmichael does not get a pass for somebody just lack of creativity. There was no motion. There was no... Right. He, just, he basically said, fuck it. Let's just run the ball into the line. But to Nick's point, the talent wasn't there, so he's probably sitting there like, yeah, I mean, what am I going to do with this? And here's, you had here's a great defense it, that could win you right. games. Here's so a, that's DA style. Look, they beat right. the, uh, the the one game he coached for Peyton the year before. They won 9, nine nothing, nothing in Tampa right. against Tom Brady, defending I'll, Super Bowl champion. I'll, I'll, I'll do this, Nick. I'll do this. Um, you're I'm right. I'm not letting Nick I mean, completely off the hook. You, you know, you're right. I, and I was the one who planted the flag on that and dug, mean, dug my wait, heels you in. Pan- you planted a flag? Holy on shit. that issue? The, like you know, uh, you like when you have a, a, a strong that? stance on a on an issue, is that you what you're talking more about? Strongly Max? about that, or Caden Ellis? I mean, Two ama- amazing takes like that, Max, are just like one and one a. They're really hard to judge. I'm fine if anyone hates it, but, but, but they but, all have to shut I'm the fuck saying, up. If he comes you know, back this year and we have a top ten offense and we're a competitive agree. team, everyone has to eat shit. All I'm trying to say, Nick has some. You're you're right. Nick has some decent points about the talent wasn't there. And uh, well, what, could, what, could he, what could he really do in that situation? But uh, in the words of Lee Corso, not so fast. Because I still disagree. I still think last year's Carmichael is a Carmichael that doesn't get a pass. He doesn't get to not be judged. He, it's a year. It doesn't mean he can't be better. It doesn't mean that if he's better this year, I'm gonna say like I can't believe he's. He's figured out. He's figured this thing out because we've seen him allegedly him as OC wish with Peyton figure it out. But what I'm saying is, last year for Carmichael, I still even with bad guys, I didn't see the effort in the play calling to at least try it with the bad guys. But what I'll say is, last year was a is a year he can learn from, and at least say. What do we not do last year? What can we do this year? And you have the benefit this year of having even more talented guys. I don't want to... I'm not giving him a pass for last year either. But I am saying I am willing <laughs> to meet more in the middle on this. Okay. Because they're... Look, it's life. People improve. No matter what walk of life it's in or just in general. Like, people can get better at whatever it is they're doing. So, there is a world where Dennis Allen said, you know, his deficiencies... He learns to improve them and get and uh, and not fall victim to doing the same thing over and over again. Same thing for Carmichael. Yeah, because I don't the same think thing with players like you see players Caesar Ruiz being a prime example. For the first two years, he was a waste of space. Mm-hmm. Year three, he turned the corner and he was a solid player. Year four, it looks like he's turning the corner a little bit more and might even be you know a p- possible Pro Bowler. Yeah. To be I- clear, I am giving the entire coaching staff a pass. Okay, so I'm in the middle. Nick's on this side. You're yeah, on that no side. Pass. The main reason we had a top 20 offense, which is nothing to shout about. Agreed. The injuries were absolutely insane, especially on offense. All Two of our best row. players missed games. Every single one of them missed games. Yeah. Dalton performed in, what, in the PFF grades in the top 12 under Carmichael. Um, no one, very few people on the planet get more out of Andy Dalton than they got out of Andy Dalton last year. And this is, we've all kind of agreed on Dalton's performance last year, way over expectations, but he's not good enough. But they got enough out of him where if the players make a handful of plays, we make the playoffs with that many players injured, which is crazy to me because Thomas missed most of the season. Lattimore missed most of the season. Cam even missed a game because of COVID. Um, All the offensive line had injury stints out. We were shuffling that around all year long. Alave missed games. Um, 
who else? Uh, Kamara missed a couple games. Yeah. Uh, it was it was like we could never get everyone on the field at any point in the whole season, and we were hang we were just hanging in. We were boring as hell to watch. It was awful mm-hmm. to watch. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. But we were in every game somehow. Yeah. Dalton was by all accounts well, a top twenty quarterback when he was supposed to be a backup. Yeah. I I can't say it was a coach's fault in that scenario. The somehow was the defense. That's the somehow of why we were in games. It, uh, correct. Look, the defense, the first first half even yeah, was, was not, not great. great man. But I agree with you. And if you have that, in yeah. my opinion, that's how you try and win games because you don't have it on the other side of the ball. We didn't have it, dude. It was ugly. There was our best player. Like we said, Taysom, yeah. just those two plays of Taysom may have both cost us those games. Yeah. The only concession I'll make is that, I mean, newsflash, I'm not an offensive coordinator in the NFL. None of us are. Right. We should so be. Though. We don't All really know probably. what his ability or like, you know, availability or capability is to even make the calls that I wanted to see make to even bring out the varying formations that I say I didn't see last year. I'm going to say he this. may not have he just look point blank to your point. It's possible that the guys he was left with after you got Thomas out of out. And I, th- I think we even had some other receivers out. And then with AK being banged up and not having deep running backs, look, it's possible that the guys that were rolling out on the active 53 at, didn't know the playbook well enough to where it's more of a risk to call the complicated play than That's it is I'm to call the, the, the vanilla play. That's possible. I just wanted to see him try it. I, I hear you. So. <laughs> but you're in a playoff race, and if they run a double yeah, reverse, as as bomb it to Callaway off of his shoulder pad, intercepted, we lose the game. You're throwing your remote through but the TV. Just like what Sean, is Carmichael doing? That's be, Callaway. Be, That's not Michael Thomas. He'd be just like Sean Payton, you know, having Thomas Morstead throw it and shit like that. But, uh, no. Look, it's a good debate. I'll say this. All right. So the episode where, for people who are kind of newer to the pod, or if you're listening to this, it's episode seven, where Nick and I went went bonkers on, on Carmichael. So that's the beginning point of this. I think, to put a cap on it, at least, you know, we, show, we saw signs on Sunday, the beginning signs, again, a lot more to learn about this team between now and the regular season. We saw signs of what they can do, like you said, Nick, with the right guys y'all both agree it looked like a Peyton offense yeah absolutely and and like we all agree it started with the QB yeah I mean and even even when Jameis came in there I will say wait I was getting there I will say this it we had production when Jameis came in there but I think what you saw play by play because I mean his stats really if you if you looked at his stats alone didn't watch the game you would say oh well no interceptions uh 11 to 13 Decent yardage, uh, touchdown. It's the perfect example but of how stats don't tell the whole story. Exactly, yeah. and and if you watched Jameis, you saw the exact reasons for whether or not whether two, or not you think whether or not you think he's an yeah. NFL backup. And the and the throws you saw the reason why he's not perfect. our starter because he held on to the ball a lot, like way too long. He wasn't decisive like yeah, Carl was. He, he, he's not a starter, and it's clearly just. It's put out there when you watch him play in this game, and he takes two unnecessary sacks where yeah. there's a wide-open guy he can throw it to. Right. And he holds onto Ma- the ball and takes a sack. Max will remember this. Right when we signed it, Max was always a fan because Max was a Florida State fan. Yeah. They won a national title. He's always you know, been a fan of Jameis. And when we signed him, Max is like, it's worth the risk, it's worth the risk. And I was like, it is, because we didn't pay anything for him. We also had no other options. Right. And, I mean, for the <laughs> well, NFL minimum, with Sean Payton, who knows, yeah. right? But I, yeah. I said the problem is he does not play Peyton yeah. football. Right. He holds it. He's always looking downfield when everything's in front of him, and he doesn't see what's right in Look, front of him. 
I loved seeing his deep bombs in the Packers game or all those deep passes he had to Shahid. Just beautiful to watch. But that's like two plays a game max. Right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, it's just not a sustainable style of play from a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's fun when, like, your, your starter gets hurt and he comes in, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick style and just goes bombs away for two games. Or it's fun when you have, like, a Derrick Henry type of offense and it's a play action. Right. He gets to throw right. deep all the time. There's no pressure on him. The offense runs through the run game. Yeah. Where, like, Trent Dilfer went in a Super Bowl with Baltimore yeah. or where he, it's not dependent on him. But our offense in the last 20 years has been a – very dependent on the quarterback. It's a quarterback-driven offense. offense. Right. And the biggest thing is, like, no one who looks at the stat, the, uh, the box score from this game on Sunday and says, oh, James had a good game. He did not have a good game. He did. He had the one pass that ended up being a touchdown. And you take that away. It was not a away. perfect pass either. It was It was a good play by A.T. That's the play you're talking yeah, about. That was one Turning where, his body. Yeah. Not a bad pass, not but bad it was pass, not but, a perfect pass. And you bring up a good point about A.T. Perry real quick is that the best thing about him, not only was it six catches, and the yardage was good, the touchdown was good, six targets. Six catches on six targets. Yeah. It, that was, for a rookie in his first game against, I mean, we second could, team. We could, second, well, second team, but, but like, the fa- but there were other guys, I mean, there the only guys who didn't, uh, whose catches were the same amount as their targets, I think only had like two yeah, catches. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. That's, you could that's tell, great. And I think Nick said this earlier, they were, they put Perry out there. And they were featuring him early on. Right. You know, not with the starters, but that next wave yeah. to kind of see what he had and what he would put on tape. You know, you look at it, James Washington, who's been in the league for about five or six years now, uh, you know, high round pick. He had two drops, I, I want to say, or two targets that were not even, I think one of them was the interception that Hayner threw. You know, um, right. the other one, Brian Edwards. He didn't look great either. They had him in in the uh, late third, early fourth quarter, and they were still trying to see what he had. Edwards had one good catch where he it was a concentration catch where he, and he was a hands catch where he was kind of falling backwards. The guy interfered. They they called DPI on the play, and he still caught the ball from Hayner. Uh, but other, but other than that flash, you know, it was kind of hard to tell. The fact that he was in in the fourth quarter, oh yeah, does it's not, not bode well for his chances. It's not good for a guy of his experience. Look, if right. I had to handicap it right now, so Olave, Michael Thomas, obviously they're your one A, one B, in whatever order. Uh, Rashid well, we, we know your order, Max. Traquan okay. Smith, <laughs> Traquan Smith, top. which <laughs> you know everybody's going to be upset about it. Traquan's going to make the team at this point. He's so he is a very complete to be fair. Blocker. He probably should make the team. Well, as the four, he should make the team because he's a great blocker. Right, or even the five because he's been here that oh, long. If he's a five, absolutely, he can stay on the team. And why wouldn't he beat out Brian Edwards, who's not outperforming him? Or right. now I'm going to tell Washington. you who does not need to make the fucking team, and I don't care that he had a touchdown on Sunday. It's Keith Kirkwood. Because that motherfucker cannot catch. So how many are we keeping? Five. Six. Five, Maybe right? six. Yeah. So none of them make So it. you got MT, Olave, Shahid, probably Traquan at this, mess, uh, this point. So you got one or two left. No, AT, think Perry, AT's You're Olave, Thomas, Shahid, um, Traquan. Traquan, and AT. That's your five. Dude, right now, there's all there's the, the quote-unquote analysts, all the reporters are saying that uh, uh, Kirkwood would be on the team right now. Over who? That's what I'm asking. Over everybody else. Well, no, no, no. no over he, who? Oh, he, that over five. AT Perry over who's not, not over AT? Over AT? No way they're cutting AT. I'm, look, look, I'm not saying it. I'm just saying this is what the, the reports have been that Kirkwood has had an amazing camp. I would want to. I'm not. That's if they you. keep six, maybe. Don't question me because I but hate I Kirkwood. Would, right, but I would love to see. I would love to hear from 
the journalist in our community who is saying Kirkwood makes the team over our Before this game, pick. if you go read anyone, whether it's Underhill, Jeff Duncan, Triplett, any of those guys. I'm fine with Kirkwood making the team, but I'm not fine with I am not Kirkwood, fine with Kirkwood making, making the, the team. He's, making, he's a practice squad player. I'm a okay. practice squad guy. I'm a, well, I think... To me, the making, Kirkwood's a guy off the street that you can sign at any point. He does not need to make the team off over uh, A.T. Perry. He's not going to. I don't care. Now, I don't think. Not, see, I think they threw him out there and they were like, let's make sure. Even before that, I just don't think there was any way they were going to take a chance cutting A.T. But, I mean, again, what does it say the, that he was on there out there on the opening drive and it was very clear that the, the people that were out there were, like, guys who would be presumably playing on the real Sundays. Dude, Kirkwood was third guy out there. Yeah. They like Look, They it, like him. And they, he's one of the carryovers that he's you know, Peyton, he's the, that Peyton, he's Peyton the cadet likes. of the wide receivers. That motherfucker well, keeps coming back. We always had one of those in the Peyton. You know, it was uh, Brandon just, Coleman. It was the tall but Kirkwood originated with Peyton, did he not? Yeah, yeah last did. year Coleman could block though. Yeah, no, Kirkwood was around before that. Uh, yeah. Coleman could block, which was a very. I always liked Coleman. I'm, I'm, I like Coleman. I, I, I still follow him on Instagram. He's into like yoga and shit now. I'm not going to go that far, but. I do. Man, he's he's an enjoyable. That year he had like 19 catches and three fumbles. I was out on Coleman. <laughs> he just needed more well, time. Coleman was, for what he was and where we got yeah, him, great being frame, an undrafted dude. free agent, Coleman like, was fine. Great size. and Breeze would on, always but, throw but, those fades and they'd never be complete. We've probably I talked about it. We, we talked about the Coleman, offense. Coleman too much. He could block. <laughs> well, well, we talked about the offense plenty. Let's move on to the defense. And, Corey, do you have any takes about the defense? Sunday, you went to game Sunday. Yeah. So what, do you, what do you have as far as the defensive scripts? And who did you like? Performance-wise, and then who did you want to see more from? Um, you know who? The guy that jumps into my mind, I thought he was pretty active with DeMario being out, was Nephew Sewell. Yes. Um, I thought he, he had a high motor. He he played sound. He played within himself. He laid somebody uh, out. I don't he, remember who He showed was. up on special teams. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, he doesn't... When you look at... I mean... I, it's modern day football. These linebackers are wearing whatever the fuck number they want to wear. So when you see a forty-five out there who's a tad bit undersized, you're kind of like, eh. Same thing with Warner. Like, who's the white dude wearing twenty? That I love <laughs> it though. I but, love that. But he's Warner has proven himself, obviously. But no, I like Sewell. Um, a lot. Hell, God, Kalen Sa- Colin Saunders had yeah. an amazing game. You know, you got to think he's playing with a little bit more extra juice because he's playing against his old team. But it was, it was the way that he. Uh, you know, closed out plays for me on defense that we didn't quite see last time. So Colin, uh, Nephew Sewell, uh, look, you know who had a couple good good plays? I said he could be a dark horse that we've been dogging, Marcus May. He was in the right spots. If you go back and watch the tape, he had a – there's one PBU. They kept him in a little bit longer. Uh, he was actually playing with the second team at one point, but I think they just wanted to get more reps out of him. Uh, Smoke Monday also was in it was seemed to be always around the ball. He had one whiff where he should have wrapped up and he went for a, oh, a yeah. layout. I was upset about that one. He would have smoked because that one was coming. I was angled looking at him right he, right he's down. He's got to go it. for the break up there instead of the or yeah. just just chest up tackle him Something, and wrap yeah. him up. He went for the head ducking, the cool kid move, and it and it missed. But he could have smoked him. No pun in, well pun intended. But if he had just kept his eyes up, you had me with the first two. Agree completely on Sewell. You know both of his brothers were high draft picks and they're the, uh, the bigger physical freaks yeah. of the family. Penae, He's a little bit undersized. But it was, uh, I think a four-year starter in college. Um, by all accounts, I think he's third man up right now after uh, Werner and Davis. Well, he he started. Yeah, so with uh, Davis out, he looks like he's going to, he's gonna as of right now, should make the team with no problem. Colin Saunders, agree completely. Hell of a game. I think he's going to be a great addition. Um, he's definitely slimmed down. 
from last year, so he's even more athletic and explosive yeah, than he very, has been. Very vocal about that too. You kind of lose me on Marcus May, but you know, it you, is what you it know is. me. I'm looking for the uh, the. I wasn't path. expecting. I wasn't expecting 100 percent from you, so you know, you got me at uh, two thirds of the way. So no, I can't. I can't, I can't. I know I got to take the pathless travel. Once you said se- he was in with the second team, I yeah. fell asleep. Yeah. He, he was in with the first team, but he stayed in with the second team. Man, I'll say uh, Brian Brzee looked good. He is a beast. He's, you know, and they were talking about... Well, he looked good for a rookie. No, he looked good, period. Like, the dude is physically a monster. And when he puts it together and really understands what he's doing, like... Well, that's that's the kicker for me. I mean, I think, like... Well, that here's game, the Nick and, Nick and I both have been on record saying that Brzee is going to be in the starting lineup in week one. Yeah, will be. I, there's no world where he well, isn't playing the primary. It's like we go back to defensive he, tackle. I think the two guys that line up for play one are Shepard and Saunders, but he's going to be in that main rotation. 100. I'm going to go ahead and say he plays more snaps than both of them. I think so too. No yeah. question. Well, I mean, Colin might not be able to handle as many snaps. Colin Saunders talked about how uh, he was he was comping Brzee to uh, Chris Jones from a physical yeah. ability standpoint. Look, and no, that's no. about that's about as high of a praise as you can get. Because Chris Jones is an absolute fucking monster. He's sitting oh, at yeah. home right yeah. now, though. <laughs> well, yeah, because well, that's he's got other issues. But but well, I, I will agree with your your Sewell take, uh, Colin Saunders, um, Brzee. The one that disappointed me was Foskey. And yeah, watching I went the back game, and you probably weren't it. able to see it as much since you were at the game. But watching it on TV, I went back and watched on TV. I, I, well, that's well, the hold thing. on, Foskey. Yeah. Foskey was non-existent. Yeah, like not getting a push at all, getting engulfed on every pass rush. Really, he didn't flash at any point. Now, on the flip side, Jordan Howden, mm-hmm. the safety. My guy. I, I, don't, I don't know if you – I don't remember you saying he was your guy. When I, you drafted just him. like Caden? Loved, right. him, loved him when we drafted him. Right. Okay. Uh, from the Pacific so, Northwest. As of oh, no, mid I, I knew he was from Minnesota, though, actually. <laughs> there we go. But, uh, no, he, he looked fantastic. Roman's favorite coach, I think, I think we actually both said it during the, uh, the draft review episode with Roman – that we wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the best draft pick or the most immediate impact draft pick. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll be honest with you, man. Between him and Brzee, I think those two are going to be your guys on yeah. defense. The next wave. They're both just... They look like young studs. Let me just come back on you because what, what I meant with Brzee, and then I got something on Foskey because I went back and watched, but um, with Brzee, yeah, he looked... Is it Brzee or Brzee? I thought Roman Brzee. said Brzee. But everybody in the, everybody in the radio said Brzee. I know it's bruh something. <laughs> I'm s- I s- I have to go back and listen to episode six. I don't remember what Roman said. I remember Roman saying it's like bruh, Zay. I've listened now, to Adam Butcher it so many times on their podcast that I'm not even sure what the hell is real anymore. I'm going to have to text uh, Roman. Gonna, gonna, he's going to have to play well enough to get, to garner a nickname soon because, you know what I mean? Like We don't need a fucking nickname for everybody. His nickname for everybody shit is stupid. But when I hope he never says anything and then five years from now he just says, actually I've all been pronouncing my name wrong. And tell that us would be really fucking is. fantastic. <laughs> just, call me, just call me Brian B. But no, I, we're talking about we're talking about his name for like almost two minutes now. He needs a nickname. That's when you need a nickname. I'm going to text Roman right now. We'll ask him. Well, continue you, on with your tell point. him to leave a voice message so you you know because like anyway. But look, he uh, there's no question he was motoring like 100 percent every play. Uh, his swim move worked at times. I worry about but it, when he when he pulled the swim move out. Man, he's like it makes me nervous. He turns his back completely to the to the offensive guard. I wonder how that's going to work against a starter. 
guard, uh, like a good starter, when we come up against him, like they, like if a, if they've seen that move before, they just knock him on his ass. It's not holding. Um, and then, but yeah, it was. You can see the potential for sure. Uh, he's super quick, super quick off the line. Uh, now with Foskey, it was funny because you know I'm at the game, and you know everybody knows when you're physically present at a game, it's. Everybody says, oh, if you're a real football guy, you don't follow the ball. Well, it's it's hard not to do that at a game, right? And uh, sometimes it's even hard to see the numbers, depending on, like, even if your seats are really good, depending on how far away they get from you on the field. But uh, so it wasn't really until you all texted, because we were texting during the game, and Max said, dude, Foskey, I forget what the words was, but, like, doesn't look it. And it wasn't until that point where I started looking for him. And by that point, it was, like, late in the fourth quarter. So I went back and watched his, his reps, and... You know, it's you're right. Like he was, he was non-existent because you didn't hear his name called in the dome once. But but the only thing I'll say is this: that I'm not hitting the panic button on him yet, is because the things that he just looks like your typical D-line rookie. Where and here's the thing: Notre Dame. You know, uh, Garland talked about it. How like we pulled from big programs, drafting from Ohio State and Notre Dame, and uh, I forget the other big schools we took from. But you know. Notre Dame, really, though, they don't... They wind up against some good teams, but the, the the competition they put in front of themselves is not the same as the guys who go to these SEC schools or play against your Oklahomas or USC. I mean, I know Notre Dame plays against USC, but, like, he just looked like a guy who has a lot to learn in the intricacies of the game. He, he was trying. I mean, he was hustling. He didn't take any plays off. I saw that. But he was just getting... Stu- if he got separation from the tackle... He could get there. But the second they got hands on his pads, he was stuck. Yeah, but here's, here's my thing. He's playing in the third and the fourth quarter against guys that are going to be Amazon delivery guys in the next month. Like, he needs to be flashing physically against these people. I don't, like, I, I, I understand completely there's a uh, there's a learning curve for every rookie that comes in. And look, Jay Kaner ran into that, that learning curve wall head on. Right. You know, but the reality is, show some flashes, man. Because physically, he is far superior to the people who are in the game in the third and the fourth quarter. Yeah. No, I absolutely would have preferred to see flashes out of him. I just, I think he's... And by all accounts, everyone has reported he has not flashed during yeah. camp. He, he almost looked out of shape even in the game. We're just kinda, looking for just, a Davenport replacement. I don't know just, what y'all are looking for here. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't tell me. Da- <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Well, we drafted him high enough to where you, I agree. I, I, I'm with Max that I want to see him flash. I'm just not. I'm saying I'm just not hitting the panic button yet. I'm well. I'm not hitting the panic button yet. You but can't. I'm just saying, just, God damn it! Show just like, something. Just like Nick gave Carmichael a pass for an entire season, I'm giving Foskey a pass for one preseason game. But D line too. It, I mean, I know he was, you know, a little higher than say. You know, he's the fifth man up at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, like Hendrickson's a good example. You watched every year at the beginning. You're like, eh. Then it looked yeah. like he was getting, you know, getting his feet. Even though he wasn't making plays, you, you just started to see. It can take a little while at that position, especially for not the premium guys in the draft. Uh, yeah, it's a I'm lot not more that common. concerned about it. But, but he's a premium guy, bro. He's a high second round pick. I know, but it's there's there's enough it's not guys. An elite guy. Henderson's a third or a four. You know, it's just rounder in the draft. So well, yeah, I think we have the fortune of not having. To we also de- drafted him too high, in my opinion. Could be that. I mean. We'll, 
but we also have the fortune of not having to depend on him. You know, we have enough guys in front of him to, Whoa, in, to hold, hold on. I want to argue this point to insulate us. You say that we hope, but we the do. reality is we have Cam Jordan and we got two question marks on the other side. Like Carl Granderson has improved year by year, but he's still he's not a he's not a. I mean, you don't know that he's even going to be the starter. You know, Peyton Turner has been a huge disappointment. And you got to think the coaching staff wants Peyton Turner at this point to win that starting job across from Cam Jordan. So yeah. the, the reality is we fucking need whoever to step up, whether it's Foskey, whether it's Peyton Turner, whether we it's need Carl one Granderson, of them, but it's not like he's there. our front line guy. He's the fourth guy up at best. But Probably he, fifth. But the, I think the hope when they drafted him was, oh, well, fuck, maybe he pushes Turner off the roster. Maybe he uh, pushes Granderson to the second well, or that the may third have been spot. The hope, but I mean, practically speaking, I think the other benefit of drafting him is that if the other guys all play to their potential, like if Turner does feel pushed, and I thought Turner no, actually one of them has decent, to make a big leap if we're going to be, you know, then then there's room, and that's not a certainty. There's no. room for him to learn. Granderson's gotten better every year, yeah. but albeit small steps, he has gotten better every year, in my opinion. Yeah, he has. Um, either he needs to finally make that big jump or Turner has to be a first-round pick this year. And Turner doesn't look like a first-round no, pick. No, he never has. He's never looked close to it. Also, another overdrafted player. We talked, you know, yeah. we were all upset about where we drafted him. Not necessarily that we did draft him, but where we drafted him. It, I know some people had him that high, but most did not. Yeah. Um, Turner had some flashes uh during the game, Physically, had one flash, and it was in the Raiders game. He had two sacks. That was his flash for no, two. No, I mean, years. I mean this past game, the preseason game. That's he got behind the line a couple times. By all accounts, everybody's talked about him being a disappointment in this game. Uh, that that's fine. I'm just saying. I'm just I saying. Thought. I don't think anybody would say he had any flashes in this game. I mean, you can have one or two flashes and still be overall a disappointment based on the You're the first person snaps. I've heard say that Turner had a flash in We game. need someone That's from fine. a pass rush perspective then, then, hey, out of that group to become a 10-sack guy. Cam is no longer a 10-sack guy. Cam is an ex- still a Fuck, very good player. Just be an 8-sack guy. Huh? Just be an 8-sack guy. Somebody. We need somebody bringing pressure. Now, Granderson may not play all the plays, but could be a 10-sack guy. If we if we put him in the right situational, you know, uh, down-and-distance play... He, I see the way he rushes the passer as the guy has the best chance of that. One guy right that now. that showed up a couple times behind the line uh, that I've dogged was uh, Zach Bond. Uh oh, on out. Sunday. Now, oh he, wait, wait, the the same the guy we said the, that was a pass rusher. Come on, come on, the same Zach Bond <laughs> that you yeah. throw were this standing there for on y'all. a soapbox about. Well, hold on, give us a recap of what you said about Zach Bond a few episodes ago. In so many words that I just didn't see it. Okay. Uh, you know, and look, again, like we all say at various times, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Now. He could be a situational pass rusher he, that could get something done, thing. for sure. He can do what Caden Ellis did. If it's he, just a matter of. If he is purely uh, restricted to being a situational pass rusher, I, I'm not totally against that. But there was a play where he got completely smoked on the first uh, defensive series for us where his guy was Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and it wasn't even close. He, you know? I don't think and, that's his forte. <laughs> but No, it's like should never happen. Like, if I'm fine with Bond being out there for, like, your true old-school traditional Sam pass rushing, but, like, if, if there's going to be a chance of a guy slipping out of the backfield or if you know 
you know, maybe they just don't scout them the same and they don't do the same kind of process as they do in the preseason as they do regular season game. But, like, if you know the other team has a Clyde Edwards layer, like, there should never be a situation where Vaughn is in a position to be one-on-one. Like, you got to gameplay better than that. you got to be a little more upset with the play call in that case than Zach Vaughn not being able to cover Because it was just... It it was terrible. He looked good, by the way, just on a complete offshoot. Given that Vaughn was a college defensive end and had over 10 sacks in college his senior year, he should be rushing the pass. Yeah, let him play to his strengths. It looked like a bear chasing after a chicken. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. It was terrible. All right, so... Public service announcement, just to clear it up for anyone listening at home and for the three of us here. <laughs> it's Brian Brazee. 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 Not Brazee. Not Brazee. Brazee. All right. So Cool. Good to know. That's what Roman just said? He just he just texted me and said it's Brian Brazee. Look at that. A live text from Roman. Look, during, we fixed During it. the pod. So, we now we know open up, we, can, we, we can open pass up a call on in, to, to like a, other a podcasters and uh, other people online who don't know how to say it. Bruh. Z. We haven't quite mastered the uh, call-in ability yet, but otherwise we just had to patch in. Like, hey, what's up, dude? We should do that at some point. Yeah, we'll get there. But uh, you know what? Let's segue still, to the signing. So we have Jalen Smith, former All-Pro with uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. And then also uh, Daryl Williams running back. And now these are confirmed signings, not expected to sign. Yeah, no emergency pod where we uh, shove our foot in our mouth and our, yeah, spend yeah. 30 minutes talking about it. Our tweet was, uh, I tweeted like we had signed him. <laughs> but I didn't say did. It was fine, though. It was fine. I used the word could in there. Uh, you did. You did. You got to leave a safety net. But no, I mean, uh, I, look, I like, it's kind of like we just said, like, I like what Dennis Allen's doing, identifying needs uh, as they as they come up and, and, and doing something about it uh, and not waiting necessarily too long to do it. I think, you know, if you can't get one former Chiefs running back, why not sign another former Chiefs running back, right? And Daryl Williams is another former Chiefs running back who has shown the ability to work in a complicated offense like Andy Reid's to run. He's a hard runner. He can catch. He's, he catches well out of the backfield for his size. Who knows what kind of shape he's in or how that's going to translate. Well, but I, I got to say, I like that signing. I mean, just not, you know, at this point. Well, here's the question for you. And I'm going I'm to approach this to Nick. What do you see the Jalen Smith signing turning into this year? Is he the third guy? Is he the one that's going to be? He's probably the third guy, but... That doesn't make me feel great. Does do you think he replaces Bond? Because if, if he's taking a different player, different player, yeah. I, so th- he's going to be the guy if Demario Werner gets hurt. He'll take those spots. That's okay. what I think. Um, is him? He but if they're healthy, is he the third guy? Oh, on the field, uh, yeah. like when we run three linebacker? Yeah. No, because that's that you would still, be. You think Bond? Yeah, probably. I think I, what what I saw out of the way uh, the Giants used them and. Uh, Cowboys for he seemed me, to me to be more of an off-ball rusher than your typical like he's Mike, fast as Michael Will. I know he's listed as when, a Mike before but. before the injury started to set in. He absolutely was like incredible. Well, remember, he was injured coming into the NFL. Right, well, he yeah. got what was it the bowl game or the game yeah. before the bowl game? He should have never been playing in. Before that, he blew was his pro- knee out. He was projected to be the top what top ten. He was Pick? like top five guy. Yeah, yeah. That. He was a Micah Parsons before yeah. the injury. I yeah. mean, he was and a freak. Now look, absolute his, freak. His stats from a year ago. I mean, staying healthy for every game that he played in. Thirteen started, thirteen games, eighty-eight tackles in thirteen games. I mean, three TFLs. Maybe you want that to be higher. One sack. You want that to be higher. But um, I think uh, I'm all for signing him. Don't get me wrong. I, how much impact do we get out of him? Mm. I'm not counting on a lot. I think we'll get some good we'll get some good snaps out of him. Uh Daryl Williams, I feel like 
with Kendrick Miller's injury, he's probably going to miss the next two preseason games. So you got to think they move him along slowly. So Daryl Williams probably makes the initial 53-man roster along with uh, Kamara, who's going to be suspended. I don't think he counts he, he towards the 53-man for the, his suspension. Mm-hmm. So you'll probably see Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller, uh, Daryl Williams, and, and Merriweather, the rookie, as of right now, you got to think he probably makes the team as well initially for the first three weeks. And then somebody's going to get cut, whether it's Daryl Williams or Merriweather, once Kamara comes back. Um, or practice squad. They'll you know. practice squad. Or, yeah, Merriweather. he maybe gets moved to the practice squad. He look, he looks solid in the game. You know, he's just a big running back. He's from a tiny-ass school. Uh, I think he looked good for what he is. Um, I mean, we don't know what he is. No one's no one I mean, has seen him play. No, but being like a, there is no film on him. There is no film on him. <laughs> but that's what he is. He's like an unknown for being an unknown like four string. He's he's writing his uh, narrative right now. So look, he could come out next week and go bananas. He's he talked about the coaching staffs. You know, their main focus with him has been getting his pad level lower. Yeah, to where he can punish tacklers. I think he's six two two twenty five. So I look. love his size. I love his size. And look, just the uh, the fact that he was even a physically get out into the flat to be in position to catch that ball from Hayner yeah. to, uh, you know, almost make that two-point conversion. And holy shit, what a terrible two-point well, conversion look, the, attempt the tra- that was. But, the track record of this team with know, undrafted running backs, you know, we've had Aaron yeah. Thomas, Hell yeah. Chris Ivory, you know, there, there's... Kyrie Robinson. Kyrie Robinson. Yeah. There's Travaris, potential for Travaris somebody. Cadet, remember him, Nick? I do remember him. Who's that? Travaris Cadet, remember him? <laughs> Don't ever bring that name up again. <laughs> Uh, there's uh, a track record with this team and finding <laughs> undrafted free agent running backs who who can make an impact. So look, yeah, we'll see what happens with him. But I think at this point, let's go ahead and uh, talk about what we think about the game coming up this weekend. Any thoughts on it, Corey? So what I think do you it, want to see? I guess. Well, I, I think it's say. less about you know this is one where we're going to be doing joint practices with the Chargers out in LA, um, and uh, so it's less about the game itself for me and more about what we hear and maybe are allowed to see from the joint practices themselves because you you know you've, not only do you have the chance to have these guys line up ones versus ones in a scrimmage format 11 on 11 but they get the chance to drill against each other and so you've got you know one of them the biggest one that's being talked about right now is penning and boza getting up to go getting be able, be able to go up against boza yeah and that's going to be look even if he gets owned penning gets owned we'll say well okay now we know he's got some from room to grow, but what we do but, know is there will be a fight. But there's gonna be a fight, yeah. <laughs> uh, or or there's a chance that like you know Penning gets a couple of reps on Bosa and puts him in the dirt on a couple of plays, and we know that that's in his bag. Uh, I just want to hear our, he has competed with him on every play. That's what and, I want. And hear. also, look, you know, for a team, the games are where you prove it, and now in these joint practices, they get to prove it in the practices as well. When prove what I mean, prove what everybody says they see in training camp. And one of the strengths that everybody says is a strength, big strength of this team is the DBs. We've said it. We've talked about it. Well, now you get uh, Herbert, who gets to throw to Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, the new rookie, Quinn Johnston. And so all of our DBs get get to pick one. You know, they're going to have somebody to guard. That's going to be a test. And I think it's going to be good to, A, it's good for them to have that experience early on, a good barometer, a good benchmark. And again, if they do well, you know, Maybe we get some cool shutdown stories from Marshawn versus Keenan or Marshawn versus Mike Williams or uh, how did Elante Taylor do against the TCU kid? Uh, stuff like that. I, I, that's that's what I'm looking forward to more. You know, that the game will happen, but I doubt that we'll really see many starters in the game itself. Nick, what do you think? 
You know my stance on preseason, dude. <laughs> You'll watch the first two drives in this game. Exactly. Uh, do, do you think there's... Okay, so someone who's not a big preseason guy, and you've professed that. Nick will check what, out when like, Carr checks what, out. What are your thoughts, yeah. though, about the fact that they have these practice-style settings? And you, I, I like those a lot. Practices are great. I like so, those a lot. How much do we get as fans out of them? Well, we can't uh, see... We can only see so much. Right. Well, I mean, like, there's that infamous clip of... Uh, that DeAndre Hopkins, um, was it Leon Hall, Max? Where Hall's just ripping him apart, yeah. talking shit. And yeah. the next play, Hopkins just breaks his ankles, catches the ball, goes for a touchdown, yeah. a huge fight breaks out. I love that shit. Yeah. That's awesome. But, like, as far as spectator, how much am I going to get out of knowing where we stand as a team out of it? I just don't think there's a whole lot there. Even if Bosa cleans Penning's clock, am I going to necessarily think, oh, shit, we're we're in trouble with Penning starting? No, I'm not going to necessarily think that. Because it's Bosa. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So uh, I love that they do that. I think, I think it is extremely helpful to the players. I don't know that us as fans get a ton of information out of it. Yeah. Um, I hate preseason. I, if, if teams would put a little more like they did in the old days in the preseason, I would get into it a little more. I'd like to yeah. see that full quarter or that full half where they're actually yeah. going at it. You did and mention that last episode where it, it back in the day, you know, no one had this, you know, treating it like worrying about what's going to happen. It was just like, nope, it, it, we got to get ready. It's a game. It just doesn't count. So, uh, right. yeah, Bobby Abert, get the fuck out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying play 60 minutes and, and get into the fatigue part of it and all as you're, well, yeah. you know, getting conditioned up. But playing one series is is really, you know, uh, that's the only one I'm concerned about. How do we look starters on starters? Yeah. Yeah, and the reality with the preseason now, you know, what are we at? We're at 17 regular season games and, and three preseason games. It's a matter of time before we're at two preseason games and 18 regular season games. Right, like, that's where we're coming. headed. I mean, the NFL's wanted that the whole time. They're yeah. just trying to get past, you know— how do you compensate the players more? How do right. we look good so, in the narrative of head injuries and things like that? Right. That's all. That's all. It's so the reality. Reality is, we're going to get to this eighteen game regular season at some point, and then fucking uh, that's going to be it. You're not going to see starters in the preseason at all. They might play a, a one series, and that's going to be it. it yeah, it's going to become the the norm, not the exception. That weeks one, two, three of the regular season are going to. It's going to be similar, like you know, like major. Major League no, extended preseason. Major League Baseball to it, where it's not like, uh, no, they're not playing 162 games, but you know, no one in MLB is saying that the teams that make the playoffs are the same teams they were to begin the season. The teams are the teams themselves will go through progression. They will be a little bit. Some will be sluggish at the gates. Some won't. Some will come on strong at the end. Some won't. Uh, and it's just something we're all gonna have to deal with. It's gonna suck, but it's gonna be part of the deal. It is what it is. I'd rather have 18 regular season games and two preseason. I hate the preseason. Hate it. I'll say, look, going to the Dome, I'll, I'll close it with this. Uh, close my thoughts with this anyway. But, like, I thought it was, I mean, I've, I've said this before, going to a preseason game, to me, it's kind of like you get all the benefits of the atmosphere of a game and none of the stress that comes with a regular season game. And also, you know. I'd say I agree with you 100% you can 10 kinda, years ago. Yeah. And now I'm just, like, so checked out that it's hard for me to be invested. <laughs> I so, mean, it, but I guess like the game experience was good. Uh, you know, went with my brother and sister-in-law. Got some club level tickets, three hundred club level tickets for like fifty bucks. No big deal, and got to see the new club level renovations and stuff like that. Um, 
they've still got some kinks to work out, but yeah, it, it looks a hell of a lot different. And uh, yeah, I'd say overall that everything's good, but the dome, look, the dome was packed to begin because I, I think everybody wanted, whether you're a season ticket holder or bought tickets on the cheap like me, everybody wanted to see Carr versus uh, Mahomes to begin, see everything new. So that part was fun. You can see the intro and all that good shit. Um, but hey, look, we, <laughs> stayed at the end, got to see a game winner. Got yeah. to see Jake Hayner and all of his comeback leading glory, even though he looked like a little I, shit when he first the came INT in. was but. cool. I'm not gonna, it's fun, but yeah. what I, do you know about the team from that? Not much. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Nick on this one. I, I don't give a flying fuck well, about going to a preseason <laughs> game. I, lo- I like to watch them on TV so I can see the guys who are going to be UPS drivers. Corey, when all our kids months. are older, it'll be fun to take the kids to those games. Well, so my so my so my ex actually took the twins, and I went over and saw them for a little bit. Okay, so, was, so there you go. I, their you first go. game, watched the quarter. That's a them. great environment for that. For they young had fun. Kids. It was their it's first, more of a social experiment than it, it is. It was their first game, right. and they actually getting pretty good. They were saying "boo Chiefses," like that's good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Uh, one of them said they're horrible. Uh, it's like, well, they did win the Super Bowl, so we have things to learn. But. Um, yeah, they were cute. It was awesome. But, uh, you know, like, hey, we saw some good things, saw some bad things in the game, but it's preseason. Yeah. And uh, Derek uh, Carr had a good start. I think we can leave it on that. That's what we were hoping to see. That, that was so, it. That's just the biggest thing. And, you know, honestly, let's go ahead and leave it at that. And we'll, yeah. we'll go ahead and recap next week's game on the next episode. Yeah, next week we'll be talking about what we saw in the game, but hopefully we'll have some, uh, you know, more juicy information coming from the joint practices we can talk about and, uh, you know, anything else that comes up during the week. So until that time, thanks again for listening to another episode of the 28 to 3 podcast. What a comeback!